Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 45. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, we're diving into a topic that is so important when it comes to goals and goal setting. And it's a bit interesting to examine because we're going to be talking about two topics today that are things that ideally you have or that you want or that are going to be particularly beneficial when you set resolutions or set goals and then work towards them. But they also happen to be the end result and the product that you get after having achieved the goal. We've talked on the podcast before back in episode 17 about why reaching the goal isn't the goal. And reaching the goal isn't the goal because of these two factors. These are actually the greatest benefit that we're going to get from keeping any resolution or reaching any goal. And ultimately, whether we recognize it or not, these are the two things that I think most of us hope to get out of having achieved a goal or worked towards something. And of course, doing the thing that we want to is great too, writing a book or running a marathon, eating healthy, going to the gym, those are great too. But what matters most and what is going to translate then into any future goals or any other endeavors that we undertake in any other area of our lives are these two qualities. And they are self-confidence and self-trust. There's plenty of definitions of these terms out there on the internet and I'm sure in other people's minds, but we're gonna toss all those out the window. For the sake of this discussion, I have decided to conceptualize self-confidence as the belief that you can do something, and self-trust is the belief that you will do something. So together, if you believe that there's something out there that you can do and that you will do, Those two beliefs alone can get you through pretty much any obstacle that's going to pop up along the way because there is going to be obstacles in working towards anything. I'm sure of it. (laughs) But if you have those two beliefs, then you will also have the wherewithal to stick with it, to keep going and to achieve the thing that you already believe and already know that you can achieve. So the key though, with both of those things is that they are based on beliefs that you have about yourself not necessarily about anything that you've ever done in the past. And that's super important when it comes to setting goals or resolutions and working towards them, because a lot of times we're setting goals and resolutions to do or accomplish things that we haven't done before. And most of the time, that's why we're choosing to work towards them in the first place, because there's something we haven't done before. So that's why self-confidence and self-trust have to be completely divorced from those things. If you haven't run a marathon and you set the goal to run a marathon and then you look back and say, oh wait, I haven't run a marathon before, how am I gonna do that? You can't look to the past for that evidence to find that it's possible for you to do that in the future. But if you have self-confidence, if you believe, I am someone who can do this. I have the capability to run a marathon. And even if I don't have the capability yet to run 26.2 miles, I have the capability to figure it out. Take whatever necessary action is going to be required, which is probably gonna look like running a lot of miles, not just 26.2, and overcome whatever obstacles are going to come up along the way, which most of the time just entails acknowledging that an obstacle has occurred and then identifying what it is going to take for you to overcome it or go around it (laughs) or get past it by whatever means necessary. If you have those beliefs about yourself and your abilities and capabilities to do pretty much anything divorced from and irregardless of what that thing you're trying to achieve is, then you are going to be able to accomplish it. If you believe that you can accomplish it despite whatever odds may be in front of you, which for most of us with our goals and resolutions, 
the odds aren't that great. We're not trying to build a time machine or get to space or anything like that, that the odds of success are slightly smaller or the probabilities are slightly against us. For most of us, we just need to develop a belief in ourselves, in our abilities and our ability to see things through that is independent of the things that we've achieved in the past and the things that we will achieve in the future, because that alone independently is what is going to enable us to do whatever it is we want to going forward. Another aspect of self-confidence that they talked about a lot when I was in training at the life coach school is about self-confidence being your ability to handle emotions, particularly the emotion of failure, because if you are dealing with self-confidence and recognize that it's divorced from, from the things you've done in the past and even the things you hope to do in the future, you are willing to undertake and strive to accomplish things that may feel somewhat impossible or extremely difficult. And incumbent in that process is likely to be some amount and some degree of failure. And part of the power of self-confidence being divorced from those things is that then any failure that you experience has to do with the activity you're achieving or the effort you're putting into that, as opposed to your confidence to achieve that thing or to take whatever steps and actions going forward are gonna be necessary to do so. That's a completely separate entity and the failure or the struggles are then just exactly that. They're failures and struggles that don't mean anything about you or your ability or your confidence or your capability or whether or not you're going to achieve that thing in the future. I think for many of us, failure is one of the toughest emotions to experience. It feels incredibly uncomfortable. And often that's because of what we are making failure mean about ourselves. But when we recognize that it doesn't have to mean anything about ourselves on a grander scale, it can just mean we tried this thing and it doesn't work, then we have so much more freedom to continue going after the things that we want, which is exactly what we need, right? If we're going to keep our resolutions and reach our goals. And self-trust is similar. This is one that I think when it comes to self-confidence and self-trust, people tend to have even less self-trust, which is disheartening, but it's just as important because we can believe that, yes, I can run a marathon and I can overcome whatever obstacles are going to arise on my path to get there. But if we don't believe that we will, that we will get out there and train and we will get out there and run mile after mile, whether it be in training or on the day that the marathon is scheduled to take place, then there's not much point in having that confidence in ourselves because we don't believe, we don't have the trust in ourselves that when we say we're going to do something, we will do something. To me, the perfect example of developing and building self-trust and a tool and method that I use with a lot of clients to do this is using your alarm, the alarm that you set in the morning. And I know that there people who love to snooze, <laughs> that they swear they get the best sleep of the night in the minutes between when their first alarm goes off and their second or third or fourth or fifth. I'm very much not that person. I could not tell you the last time that I snoozed my alarm, if ever. <laughs> and I know a lot of us have self-trust when it really matters. If there is someone expecting you at a meeting at seven o'clock in the morning, you're probably not gonna snooze your alarm when it goes off at six or 6.30 or, or if it's a Zoom meeting, 6.50, because you respect your agreement and expectation that you will be at that meeting on time. But for a lot of us, when it's just us, we have a lower expectation of ourselves or we think that it's okay that we said, I'm going to get up at six. And then when six o'clock rolls around, we don't actually feel like getting up. So we just snooze till 6.10 or 6.20 or 6.30. And while that may be acceptable and there may be some mornings when I totally understand that you need the sleep, doing so is inadvertently 
harming our self-trust because we said we were going to get up at 6.30. We took action in alignment with that. We set our alarm for six o'clock. But then when that time rolled around to actually get up, to turn off the alarm and get out of bed, we failed to do so. The same goes for when we say, I am going to work out six times a week. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you say, I don't actually feel like it. I don't want to. The day was busier than I thought. I'm too stressed. I'd rather just go home. And then when Friday rolls around, of course, the excuse is, well, I already haven't gone this week, so I'll just start again next week. But if the expectation that you set for yourself was that you were going to go six times a week or two times a week or whatever it was, and you failed to do so, we are harming our self-trust by not following through and doing the thing that we say that we will do. I think that one of the most powerful beliefs that I've ever been able to establish for myself is that when I say I'm gonna do something, it's as good as done. And I believe that wholeheartedly that when something is on my to-do list or I plan to do something in a given day, I can just assume it's gonna be done because I know myself and I trust myself so implicitly that the things that I tell myself I'm gonna do, they're just gonna get done. And even, and I've gotten to the point now where even if for some reason, generally one outside of my control where they're not, I'm able to recognize that and identify, okay, these obstacles came up and how am I going to deal with them and address them and still get this thing done in <laughs> as effective and efficient a manner as possible. And it doesn't harm my self-trust because I know that I took whatever action was necessary on my part to complete the project or activity that I knew that I wanted to complete. So between self-confidence and self-trust, when we have those two things, working together, then our achievement of just about anything becomes inevitable. So now comes the important question. How do we increase our self-confidence and our self-trust? And since these things are, like I said, independent of what we have done in the past and what we have done in the future, they're entirely dependent on what it is that we believe about ourselves. Like I said, one of my most powerful beliefs is when I say I will do something, it's as good as done. So that is a belief that I have about myself that I have intentionally curated and developed. And since it's something I believed, I have collected a lot of evidence in my life for all the ways and all the times in which that has proven to be true. And I know we've talked on the podcast before about that being how our brain works. Our brain gathers evidence of the things that we believe. So when we believe things like, nothing else ever works out for me. I never do things that I say I'm going to do. This is gonna be way too difficult for me. Our brain is gonna be very good at collecting evidence of how those beliefs are true because it wants us to feel good. It wants us to avoid those negative emotions like failure and like disappointment. And so it is providing us evidence. It's trying to support that. Yes, you are right. There's no cognitive dissonance here. What you are believing about yourself is true. But unfortunately, in that case, it's probably not something actually that we want to believe about ourselves. And so we have to put more effort into changing our beliefs, recognizing and identifying, okay, that is not actually what I want to believe. I need to work on building some new beliefs that are going to be more beneficial to me as I try to live my life and achieve my goals along the way. So how exactly do we do that? Start by recognizing and identifying the beliefs that you have about yourself that are already building your self-confidence and self-trust because you probably do have some. And so once you have those, look for the ones then that are the exact opposite. The ones that cause you to believe that I can't do the things that I want to or that I won't follow through on doing the things that I say I'm going to or that I want to do. And then those are the ones that we want to begin to pick apart. And it's a long, difficult, arduous process sometimes because our brain has collected all of this evidence for the things that we believe are true. And you don't have to switch it from, well, I never follow through on what I want to do all the way to when I say I'm gonna do something, it's as good as done. And maybe that thought doesn't resonate for you. That's not one that feels powerful, but I'm sure that there is one for you that you can identify and recognize and make into a concrete belief that will over time be supported by evidence, but that doesn't have to be because it's 
something that you believe about yourself and doesn't actually have to do with the things you've accomplished in the past or will accomplish in the future. Over the course of that process, begin to identify what the next step or next level thought is. I like to think of it as lifting weights. When you go to the gym and you're trying to bench press, you don't just suddenly load your bar up with all of the weights possible and try to lift 500 pounds. When you were first starting to go to the gym, you're probably gonna start out with something quite a bit more modest. And so that may be where you're at in terms of your self-confidence and your self-trust. You may be at like a little 15 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 pounds that you're trying to lift. And that is totally okay if that's where you are. But if your goal is to get up to 500 pounds or to a place where you believe that you can and will do the things that you want to do, then we're just gonna keep building up and making progress on that. So if you're believing, I never do the things that I want to do, you wanna start to question that belief. Is that true? Do I never do the things that I wanna do? Because chances are, you do the things that you want to do. You do follow through on some of the things that you want to do, like when you check social media, that's probably something you want to do at least some of the time, especially if that is a way that you spend any part of your day. You probably want to watch TV some of the time, and I'm going to guess that you probably do. You probably want to spend time with friends or family, and you probably do. So this may not be hard or difficult things, <laughs> but you can begin to collect evidence to see, oh, I am doing the things that I want to do at least some of the time. And then we just continue to build our thoughts and our beliefs up from there and collect evidence along the way until we get to the point where we do believe that things that we want to about ourselves that help us to feel self-confidence and self-trust. And those beliefs, like I said, are going to be different for everyone. I can't tell you that if you believe X, Y, and Z thing that you are going to have self-confidence and self-trust. I can't tell you that this is the thought that you should believe about yourself to engender those things. But I am completely confident that there are things that you do believe or can believe or want to believe about yourself that are going to help you facilitate that. Sometimes it can be hard, especially if a thought like, when I say I'm gonna do something, it's as good as it done. If that doesn't resonate with you, it can be hard to imagine what's another thought at that level that would be helpful or beneficial. And I like to sometimes think about what I think about other people, <laughs> very meta, I know, but you can probably think about people that you know or respect or admire that have and exhibit self-confidence and self-trust. And if you can think about what you believe about them and their abilities, you can likely copy and paste some of those beliefs into your own life, or you can copy and paste them as the high ideal or the standard that you are trying to reach. And then you can work on your thoughts, getting them to the point where you believe those things too. And I do wanna to touch on the idea of arrogance because I think that sometimes self-confidence can be mistaken for arrogance or when we are thinking about self-confidence, and trusting ourselves, we don't want to cross over that line wherever you may think that it is about getting to the point where other people or even ourselves are going to believe that we're arrogant. And I think of arrogance in terms of you lording your position or your beliefs or your feelings or your confidence or your trust over someone else because it's really difficult <laughs> to be arrogant if you're the only person in a room. You can be proud of yourself and your achievement and your accomplishments. You can be glad of the things that you have done and achieved. You can be excited about what you're gonna achieve in the future. You can be happy and confident and trusting of yourself. But if you are not comparing that actively to someone else's level of any of those things, then it's really hard to be arrogant and to think of yourself as better than someone else or at a higher level than them in any of those areas. And then trying to do things or take action or prove it to them in any way or making them feel like they are less important than you. And ironically, 
actually, most of the time, we act out of arrogance, out of that position of trying to prove that we are better than someone else, whether in terms of self-confidence or self-trust or something else, when we are sorely lacking those things. Generally, if you are entirely assured of who you are and where you are and what you're doing and your ability to do the things that you want, generally all that you want is to help other people see and recognize and do those things too, as opposed to trying to show them that you are somehow better than them or higher than them or more evolved than them. So this is something that I know has been raised as a concern when it comes to strengthening your confidence and developing a greater trust within yourself. But it's not something that I have ever seen in my own life or the lives of my clients as being a serious issue. And it's actually something that when I have observed it generally in other people, it's something that is pretty easily traced back to a lacking of these things. And then for me, it just makes me want to help them develop these skills even more <laughs> instead of trying to lord anything over them. And then I also wanted to look at the opposite of self-confidence and self-trust. Unsurprisingly, the greatest hurdle that most of us face when it comes to self-confidence and self-trust is <laughs> self-doubt. And that's, I tend to think of it as the opposite of those two things. And when we can't count on ourselves to that we either can do something or that we will do something. We often feel like we're insecure and that we're at the effect of everything else that's going on around us. Like I was talking about those things that can occur, which are outside of our control. And when those things happen, if we aren't recognizing this doesn't have anything to do with my capability and my confidence and whether or not I will follow through and complete the things I said I was going to, then we often feel like we're at the effect of those things. Without self-confidence or self-trust, often we're just failing ahead of time because we are letting ourselves sacrifice those things for feeling comfortable, for not challenging ourselves, for doing things that we really are sure that we can do because we have done them in the past. It's that idea of if you want to see your future, you just have to look to your past. And most of us, when we set resolutions and goals, that's not what we want. We want to break out of those bounds. And I truly believe that what you've done in the past does not have to be a reflection of what you have in your future for any number of reasons. But the way that we change our future in the most powerful way is by developing self-confidence and self-trust because those are the two qualities that are then going to help us to do anything else, whatever it is we want. So today I encourage you to resolve to develop your self-confidence and self-trust. And I know that those are big amorphous terms. It's a big thing to put at the top of your to-do list, but recognize how doing the things on your to-do list and doing some of the belief work that we talked about in this episode today those are the things that can help you develop self-confidence and self-trust. So it really does not have to go on your to-do list. Really, I don't think any Resolve 2s ever have to go on your to-do list, but they are things that I want you to consider and experiment and directions that I want you to grow in. I want to encourage you to grow in because of how powerful I know that they can be and how powerful I've seen them be in the lives of clients and listeners. With self-confidence and self-trust, you can do anything and my guess is that's something that would probably be beneficial or exciting or desirable to you. So consider how you can develop those qualities in your own life through the goals that you have already set, through the life that you're already living, and maybe just adding in a little bit of the belief work that we talked about in the episode today. Okay, and then what I'm reading, it's summer, so I have been reading a lot of fiction this summer, which I'm not at all mad about. It's actually been quite fun, very enjoyable. So I'm currently reading Nothing to Lose by Lee Child, which is one of the Jack Reacher books. I watched the new Amazon TV show at the beginning of the year and very much enjoyed it. So then I dove into a bunch of the books and I think this is book 12 in the series. 
So I have not read all 12 leading up to it, but I have been reading the last couple in order and it's been a lot of fun. It's a perfect summer read. It is a little violent, not too dark, but a little dark, but when the sun is out and I have iced tea in my hand, it's a great summer read. So I'm looking forward to more fiction throughout the rest of the summer. I've been thinking about dedicating the month of August to solely reading fiction because I have been adding in my fair share of nonfiction this summer too. So I'm thinking about giving myself permission to just read all fiction in the month of August. And that idea is very exciting to me. So I think I'm going to do it, but you'll have to tune back in to find out what I'm reading <laughs> as we enter into the rest of the summer. And then I wanted to toast a summer adventure that my family went on recently. We went to Montana and we did Hiawatha bike trail, which crosses the border from Montana into Idaho. It's 15 miles all downhill. It's such a beautiful ride over this old path where a train track used to go. So you get to ride across um, trestles and go through all these tunnels. And then we also went hiking in Glacier National Park, visited Sperry Chalet, which was something that I did decades ago almost now when I was a kid and it was so fun to go back now as an adult especially after it burned down a couple of years ago in some forest fires um, and I just want to toast to my dad specifically who made that entire trip happen he planned it some of those things were on his bucket list things he wanted to do and of course I wanted to go and other family members did as well so I just want to toast him and pulling all of that together making it a great summer vacation lots of opportunities to be outside enjoy the sunshine and since it was a road trip too we got to listen to some of those a Jack Reacher books <laughs> on audiobook that I was mentioning just a minute ago. So it was a great summer vacation. And although I don't have any other trips planned this summer, I do have some other exciting fun things that I'm looking forward to. But it was nice to have one good vacation and it was one that was definitely very toast worthy. And it's another great example too of how self-confidence and self-trust came into play as we undertook some activities that not all of us thought that we could complete even as we were doing them but we were able to believe in ourselves and our ability, even though some of us had never done these things before and we were able to get it done and have a lot of fun along the way. So it was a great vacation. And with that, thanks for tuning into the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tisano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytisano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.